One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I've woken up with morning wood. There's already tissues in my bin from last time. Now, technically, I'm already on day zero of NoFap, so there's no harm in going for another round, is there? But no, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have a disciplined, productive, masculine day. I'm a gladiator. I'm an expert in hand-to-hand combat. I'm a brave lion hunter. But still, I mindlessly grab my phone. I see that there's notifications, Instagram notifications. And without even thinking about it, I click on them. And then I go onto the explore page and I start scrolling. I know what I'm looking for, but I don't want to admit it. Man's greatest weakness, gym girls. These are women who post videos of them exercising, teaching nutrition and sports science, whilst men masturbate to them. I go from one gym girl to the next. It's early morning and I'm literally coping, saying that this is for testosterone to start my day and I can't hold it any longer. I get to an Instagram models page and I beat my meat like a sad little monkey and I officially reset my nofap streak and it's not even 8am yet. But before closing the Instagram app in shame, I notice how many likes that she has on this picture. There's a lot. 48,000. And I can't help but to think that probably 10 times that number of men have fapped to this girl. I imagine 48,000 men That's a small town of men. It's three or four villages of men. It's the capacity of the Roman Colosseum. But there's no lions. There's no gladiators. There's no weapons. There's just the Instagram model right in the middle of the stadium and 48,000 men spasming in their seats, including me. This was not the productive, masculine, disciplined start to my day that I imagined. This was not the hand-to-hand combat that I visualized. This is me and my 48,000 brothers being unable to control our desire, our lust, because we lacked willpower. The lesson from this story is that it is so easy to beat 99% of men. You just need to follow the seven steps to increasing your willpower Otherwise, you'll turn out like a Roman Colosseum fapper like me.
My name is Hamza Ahmed and I'm making this full guide for you because I think that we as young men should develop and achieve self-mastery. This is a movement of young men who no longer want to live in mediocrity. Just for this full guide that you're watching for the past week, I've been waking up at 4.30 a.m., putting in a solid five hours every single day to make the script, the research, and now for the recording. That means that this is the one video you need to put your trust into to level up your willpower and to understand how to delay gratification. Here's your first actionable step. Think about porn. Think about video games. Think about some junk food. Think about the thing that usually brings you into those bad habits. Really just close your eyes for a second and think about the bad habit that often pulls you. And the desire is forming. If you're really, really seeing it in your mind, you're probably starting to feel a little bit agitated, maybe a little bit scared or nervous or anxious or stressed. Maybe you're starting to feel a little bit of some physical symptoms, an upset stomach, some agitation in your chest. What we're doing right now is implanting a desire into our mind. The desire is for one of these bad habits. It's for porn, video games, drugs, whatever it is. Willpower is the skill of resisting desires. And so for this actionable step right here, right now, I want you to use your willpower to get rid of the desire. You feel the cravings of this desire and use your willpower to resist against it. Every second that you stay sat here looking at me right now, you are resisting the desire that is your willpower. And now if you just mentally see yourself in a moment of strength, almost like punching away the desire and saying no, and focusing back onto this video, you've just successfully overcame an urge, a craving. By doing that, you've just gained experience in the willpower skill. Step one, understanding willpower. Imagine your four-year-old self being escorted into a room, an empty room by a stranger, told to sit down and just look at their bag of sweets and they pull out a marshmallow. They tell you that you can have this marshmallow right now or if you wait around 15 minutes, you can have two marshmallows. This is the marshmallow experiment and it's a wonderful test of willpower. So now you're hit with this debate. Okay, do I take the instant gratification, the singular ma marshmallow right now, or do I wait this 15 minutes and get the two? Logically, it makes sense to wait for the two marshmallows, but of course, many little fat kids weren't able to. If you put younger me, traumatized, abused, younger Hamza into that room, the researcher wouldn't have even been able to finish his sentence. Now Hamza, you can have the one marshmallow. <laughs> it seems like a simple, insignificant test, but the results were actually quite scary. The kids who weren't able to delay gratification, so the kids who just grabbed the first marshmallow and ate it, they weren't even able to wait 15 minutes. They statistically performed worse in so many different metrics. They had a higher BMI, so they were literally fatter. They scored on average 210 points less on the college admission SATs compared to the highest, like sort of the most patient peers that they had. The ones who were unable to delay gratification were even rated as being like less socially desirable and more lonely when they were teenagers. Imagine having that kind of disadvantaged life just set in the trajectory of your future being two or three or four years old just because you had a low level of willpower. Willpower 
is the skill of resisting desires. Now, we desire all kinds of things. We desire the junk food, porn, video games. These are things that you already knew. But in the later part of this full guide, I'm also going to speak about higher level desires. I'm going to speak about the things that this materialistic modern world put onto us, which seem productive, but in fact are as destructive, if not even more destructive than these lower level ones. At this level, we're thinking about porn and video games, but at the higher level, it's more like working too hard, being too ambitious, making too much money, building too much muscle. For many shallow breathers, they're like small brain won't be able to comprehend how that is a problem. I'm assuming you're someone who's a bit more intelligent and I can open up your mind to consider that the path that has been laid out in front of you of this overachiever, great grades, great body might not actually be the one that leads you to the fulfillment that you desire. Along with that, in this full guide, I'm also going to walk you through the greatest realization I've had in my life so far. I don't exaggerate when I say that. I think that we might be able to save decades of our life with something I'm going to be teaching you at the later ends of this full guide. So we're understanding that willpower is super important. For now, I want you to think about your long-term goals. Chances are you want to be successful, wealthy, happy, loving. To achieve those long-term goals, Really, the most important skill out there is willpower. Because on the way to the dream life, there's going to be countless distractions, hundreds of thousands, maybe millions of little desires that pop up that take you away from the goal, the task, the, the trajectory of your dream life. You wanted to build a physique and there's a million desires for sugar and for junk food and for skipping days off the gym. You want to have a loving relationship with a beautiful feminine woman, but there's a million desires to cheat on her. So there's something interesting that you can do. Think about a fairly smart guy you know, maybe a little bit nerdy. There's like one guy you might remember from school. And he was quite intelligent, he performed pretty well, and he's probably going to end up getting like a pretty good job, and he's going to have a pretty good life. And then, one late night, he has a random hookup with some girl he's just met. It's not really like him, if we're being honest, he doesn't get laid that often. But this one time, a girl that he messaged on a dating app actually agreed to meet him at nighttime, and they ended up having sex. And he didn't use protection. And he got her pregnant. This guy who actually had a wonderful life ahead of him was going to be making above average income, going to be living in this great house and, you know, achieve the sort of middle class dream that he wanted. Suddenly he has to pay $1,250 a month, every single month, for child support for a child that he's not even raising. If you think about that very realistically, his life has changed forever because of this one moment. Willpower would have saved him. And this isn't for this random high school student that you know. This is for every man, especially the top tier men, the athletes, the businessmen, the guys who are working super hard because it's these guys who get trapped by their desires and impulses. It's the athlete who's been grinding super hard, who's disciplined, who ends up getting some random girl pregnant. It's the businessman who marries the wrong woman gets divorced and loses half of his stuff. It's the guy who's disciplined, who's going to the gym every single day, progressively overloading, tracking his macros, building the most perfect physique, who gets into an argument with a random guy in the gym and punches him. And now he's in jail for the next six to 12 months and his life has changed forever. It is willpower that will genuinely save you months or years or decades 
of your life. So this is a skill to take seriously. Think about how much potential has been robbed off the world because we were unable to control our desires. And now I want you to actually feel quite great about yourself because you are part of this enlightened group that's studying a concept like this. No matter how smart that kid was that we're thinking about in high school, he wasn't smart enough to be sat here literally with humility thinking, I'm gonna learn about the skill of willpower because I know for a fact that there's gonna be desires that arise and I wanna have the skill of resisting them. This is some high level, some extreme powerful stuff you're doing here. You're learning such a powerful skill. You're spending your time sat here focused. Hopefully you've got the video in full screen because that'll help you focus even more compared to the friends that you know, the little Jeffrey shallow breathers who are literally, what are they doing right now? If you could almost see in a, in a third, like sort of person perspective, like a bird's eye view of the houses around your area. What are the people that you know doing right now? One guy's laying in bed, the other one's scrolling on his phone and here you are actually watching a guide on willpower. So props to you. Step two lust. It's summer of 2022 and I'm in Mexico at the edge of a lake which is right next to the hostel that I'm staying in and there's a sign here. It's a red warning sign. It's a sign that shows that there's crocodiles inside of this lake but I'm laying down on the grass and I'm naked. I'm with a girl who I just met an hour ago outside of a nightclub and we can hear the partying, the laughing and drinking going on inside of the hostel. And this is when something appears. It's not a prehistoric reptile. It's not police. It's some security guards. And they've caught me with my dick out having sex in public. I'm shuffling my clothes on, getting stuck in my shirt, and she's like holding onto my arm. And the security guards and her start speaking in Spanish because she's from here, so she understands. And I'm literally just left out. Here I am with an erection with three people speaking a language I don't understand, not knowing what's gonna happen to me. I ask her what's going on, what are they saying, what's gonna happen, and she says, they're not gonna call the police. They're not gonna file a complaint but they want you to go to the reception where the ATM is. I know what's gonna happen. I've heard of this before. I'm in Mexico. These motherfuckers are gonna try and ask me for like a bribe. They're probably gonna try and charge me like a thousand dollars or something crazy. I might run. I might run. My heart starts going fast. I might actually just fucking run away from here right now. Fights, flights, and freeze. I'm the worst one. I'm a freezer. Now I'm at the reception of this hostel and they're telling me to pay. They want me to pay $150. I'm an entrepreneur, so I calculate the return on investment in my mind and I'm thinking, you know what? $150, not get sent to a Mexican prison. Like this is actually quite a high ROI investment. Honestly, this would make Warren Buffett proud. I might actually take this deal. So he points over to the ATM in the corner. I'm like, yeah, sure. I go in put my card in, put my pin in, doesn't work. Put my card back in, put my pin in right, doesn't work. I'm about to put my card in again, but I'm thinking, wait, 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 it's not worked twice. If I try and put it in again, it's, you know, my card might actually get blocked by the bank or something. So I come back, now the ATM's not working. But yeah, remember, I've bought water from here, from this reception. Um, I paid with like the card machine last time. I'll just pay with that again. And that's not what they wanted to hear. Because there was a card machine, like a normal credit card machine behind the reception. And I had literally paid for something before, like for a water bottle. But straight away, the guy behind the desk starts start saying like, no, 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 you can't because um, it doesn't work till 6 a.m. 
It doesn't, no, no, it doesn't work today. It doesn't work till like 7am or 8am. It needs to be cash. So I understand what's happening. They don't want me to pay on the card machine because then that money is going to get sent to like the company bank account. They want cash to split between the two security guards and this random guy behind the reception. So what can I do? I'll ask my sweet beloved, the girl that I've just been with. I turn over to her, explain the situation and say like, you know, um, can you just pay for it with, you know, cash and then I'll bank transfer you. And she does not react how I thought she would. Because just 20 minutes ago, we were having sex and, you know, the most intimate thing that you can do together. And she just bursts out aggressively, almost like getting into my face. No, no English, no English. I know instantly what's going on. It's like she's almost pretending to, you know, she it, it was quite a embarrassing in a situation. So she's pretending to take a step back from it, not understanding what's going on either. She doesn't want to associate with me or something. She ends up storming off. The security guards let her off, but they're actually like keeping me here and I actually don't know what to do my heart is beating very fast I'm feeling super stressed not knowing what these three guys are going to do to me and so I have an idea that's fairly pathetic I say to them oh well let's go into the hostel like where the people are partying because there was a few people there like I partied with yesterday and then I'll you know I'll ask them to lend me the money so here we are amongst all these people who are drinking laughing smoking and and I'm going one by one asking them to lend me 150 dollars no one has got the money for it. Everyone's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't, re oh, I don't have enough, bro. Yeah. But soon there's almost like a small circle forming around me, the security guards, because I've told people the situation and, you know, they're thinking like, oh, you know, don't leave him alone. That's fine. Like, oh, what, what are you going to do? You're finding him. Like, you know, people are starting to defend me. And so I ask a few of them to come back with me and we go to the, re the reception and it turns into this big scene. I can see the security guards are getting kind of annoyed. And so they let me go back into my room whilst they like fix their ATM. So I'm here in the little hostel, little single bed amongst other people who are like sleeping and everything. And I'm lying down and I want to sleep, but I'm actually terrified thinking at any moment I'm going to feel like a tap on my shoulder. What if they're going to wake me up an hour from now saying, no, no, yeah, we want $300 because we've had to fix the ATM because of you. I'm at genuinely like a 10 out of 10 state of stress. I'm thinking, should I just run away? They've got my details there. I don't even know what to do. In the end, I decide to just run away. I pack all my stuff in a bag. I end up just kind of like watching out for the CCTV and just like fast walk. I didn't even have the courage to run for some reason. So I just like fast walk out of the hostel, never checked out, never gave them the little key card, just kind of fast walked. As soon as they noticed me, that's when I started to like jog away. They didn't even chase me. But as I'm jogging, I realized that this whole thing started because of my inability to control lust. I had literally just met a girl for minutes and then had sex with her like less than an hour later. And then she almost, she betrayed me. She backstabbed me. And I don't blame her for it because, you know, she barely knew me. But she barely knew me. She was the kind of person who would betray me and backstab me. And here I was, like, sharing my soul with her. It honestly made me realize casual sex is worse, far worse than porn. With porn, it's just you there by yourself. You're not hurting anyone, but it's still obviously a really bad habit to get into. But it's just you. With casual sex, there's a whole other person involved. In this situation, it wasn't just one other person involved. It was two security guards, the guy behind the desk, all the other hostile, like, you know, the people who were partying, and then also the girl. There was all these people, and yet I'm 
still alone. It was honestly one of the most like stressful days and somewhat lonely days of my life. I want you to think of just how bad the problem of controlling our lust really is because there's entrepreneurs out there whose entire job, whose entire companies are just revolving around monetizing your lust. You feel this somewhat natural desire and they make money from it. And since they make money from your lust, well, they want to make sure that you're feeling lustful all the time, way more than you actually should. So then we have all these, these porn companies, OnlyFans, that even the guys who are like sort of running the OnlyFans agencies and all this pathetic, like degenerate stuff that's going on. And you, the consumer, are the one who's experiencing the, the pain of this because it is everywhere, these temptations. How crazy is this? It's more common for me to speak to a young man who's had a porn addiction for the last five plus years than not. More than half of young men have genuine addictions to porn and have had that since they were 12 or 13 years old. And you can probably relate to that. I speak to guys who tell me their first experience of porn was age nine, before puberty. And not only that, I honestly think we're going to see it such a huge uprising of women's problems with porn too. Because you probably can imagine for the last few years, women have had like a very sort of free sexual experience, know your body, play with yourself. And it seems like wholesome advice up until you realize that when a woman gets addicted to porn, it, it, it has very similar consequences. It truly does degrade her ability to be able to like pair bond with a man, just like as it does the man to the woman. Because here you are practicing these very poor like sexual habits. You're restraining your breath. You're focusing very much on like mental fantasy. You're looking at people who don't even know that you're there. You're conditioning yourself to be the observer of sex rather than the partaker. You're conditioning yourself to literally get turned on with your own sort of mental fantasies or like literally being a cuck. And the exact same thing is true for women. So here we are degrading our future ability to make love and to actually like bond incredibly with our partners for the sake of some pleasure today because we couldn't resist the desire of lust. But I think we can adopt more of a positive note around this, you know. Because on this space online of men self-improvement, you know, the problem of porn is very clear. You knew this. But I want you to think right now, there's a lot of guys who know about nofap. The concept of nofap, of not watching porn, it's actually quite like famous. It's quite like public knowledge these days, right? Like you actually know fully about nofap and, and not watching porn. And so do some of the people that you know. And you know, see all these communities, these massive influencers talking about it. We are seeing a massive uprise for people who are like openly talking about the fact that porn is really bad. And it's almost become like a counter community mindset to the people who just like, you know, just say, oh, well, you know, it's just a bit of fun. It makes me feel proud for young men like us who are being served like the most addictive substance. And we literally have like communities and mindsets and movements training each other saying like, no, 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 we're better than that the most addictive thing they can put in front of you. And here we are literally like routinely knowing that it's not good for us, taking the harder path. You're one of these men, I really do think you should feel proud of yourself. Even if, for example, you think that you've been struggling, you've been relapsing, just the fact that you're making progress, the fact that you're trying, the fact that you're sort of vigilant of this problem means that you've actually put some work into this. And not only porn, but casual sex can be such a big problem as well. And I think that this is more of a hidden problem. A lot of people know about the problems with porn, but with casual sex, it's like this, I speak to a lot of guys who are actually kind of 
hoping for it. I speak to a lot of guys who've got Tinder accounts and they just want to try and get laid because they've been told that this is what they should spend their time on. And I don't blame you if you're like this because I spend a lot of my life chasing like, you know, the sort of validation and convincing yourself that, yeah, yeah, you know, this is the thing I should be spending my time on rather than just developing yourself and living a happy life and your happiness not being tied to some random drunk girl. And this is a hard one to grasp for a lot of young guys, including when I was younger, because when you're told that casual sex is bad, you might be asking yourself, well, then how do you like have fun? But it, it can't be bad though, can it? Because it's really natural. This isn't to say that sex and making love is a bad thing. I think that can be very, very pleasant, like a very positive experience of life. It's to say, like, let's just be honest and obvious here. It's to say that having sex with a random girl that you've just met who's unintelligent and stupid and you've just met her in a nightclub and she takes drugs and she's nothing like you, it means that that's not a good thing. It means that matching with as many girls as possible on Tinder and trying your best to just sleep with as many as possible is it's not like it's not showing that you respect yourself or your time. You could be building something great, like focused on self-mastery, focused on trying to like peel back the layers of your purpose so you can discover yourself and to have some kind of like spiritual experience to feel your potential to build like a beautiful business where you've hired loads of great people and you work alongside them. There's so many things you can spend your time on and also developing yourself so that you can attract a really nice, like great woman and then have better sex with her anyway. So the problem with lust is that usually it will drive you to these low quality places where you don't want to be, which you're better than. When I think about even 21, 22 year old me in the middle of a club or party, I just see it so odd because I was like, you don't fit in there. Everyone there is taking drugs. Everyone there is unintelligent. Here's you who's reading self-improvement books, who's watching videos like this. Here's you who's going to the gym and tracking your macros and you're around fucking like stupid people just for the sake of like, oh, but you know, I might get laid tonight. How about you just conserve that lust just for a little bit, develop yourself and think to yourself, when I meet like a really good woman and we really match, I'll have 10 times more sex with her. You can still enjoy sex in your life, but just make it with the right person. There's something from that marshmallow experiment that we spoke about at the start of this video, which I found very interesting. So imagine here you are, you're the little little four-year-old boy, the experimenter sat you down and said, okay, okay, little Timmy, you know, you can have this marshmallow right now, you can have two later. What they found was that if you simply just moved the sort of bad thing away from your visual sights, you were 10 times more likely to resist the desire. If it was in front of you visually, it was very hard to resist it. How they did this was just with the marshmallows. They literally just put a plate over it. As soon as they did that, the kids were 10 times more likely to like pass this test. Now I want you to just visualize all of like the, the advertisements, billboards, social media, the porn companies, everywhere you look, there's more porn, there's more degeneracy, there's, there's talks of like casual sex and pleasure. What we need to do is the equivalent of putting that plate over the marshmallows, but for things of our lust. Because right now, here, right now, if you do have a social media account, I'm guessing that there is at least one or two profiles, probably from women, that are like causing urges inside of you. You go onto Instagram just coping, saying that it's just a five minute break. You're there for 15 minutes and you end up just clicking on the girl who's kind of hot that you know. And before you know it, you probably end up relapsing again. Or maybe it's on YouTube. Maybe you go onto YouTube, you go onto one of these like degenerate podcasts where one of the girls there has got cleavage or something and here you are just like starting to fantasize and boom, you've relapsed again. What we need to do is cleanse our space so that we don't see these degenerate, like these provocative things. 
I hope you're getting some ideas because there's some things that you could implement right here, right now. And we'll do that for the actionable step coming up soon. Maybe you should unfollow like the girl that you follow who's causing these urges to arise. Whether there's any kind of social consequences or not. Like, oh, but you know, she's a girl from my, my school and she follows me back. So it looks kind of cool that I've got a hot girl who follows me. If you're constantly just being led by your lust and relapsing because of this. It's worth it for you to just unfollow her. Maybe it's the degenerate music that's on your Spotify and you listen to all these rappers. You know, I've realized so much recently how bad music is and how easy it is for you to get like a quick little boost to your self-improvement, your self-esteem, your self-image by not listening to degenerate music where you're plugging it in of this like rapper or singer who's talking about how great he is and how many bitches he fucks and how much money he makes. And here's you like little chump like listening to his brainwashing of like him talking about how great he is and you're tuning into that. I just kind of like, I don't know, I saw that in a different perspective and thought, man, fuck me, that's sad. I'm never listening to that kind of music ever again. For the last like three months or so, I've not listened to like songs like that because it just disgusts me when I think of the idea of like, here is a degenerate who's talking about having sex and that the girls he's sleeping with like it. And here I am like listening to it. It's literally, it's kind of like cuck porn. Like most rap songs are like cuck porn these days. And you are like this weird, disgusting cuck weirdo if you listen to that consistently. And all, all these like normal people are going to listen to this. Oh, well, rap's actually, it's actually art, bro. And like, oh, but you're just being like, you know, oh, you can listen to some rap guys. Don't listen to Hams. Like, yeah, sure. Do what you want. But don't be surprised when you start getting these weird cuck fantasies that are arising that you feel like quite soft and timid when it comes to you having sex with a woman because you're more used to listening to guys who are talking about pounding them and here you are like tuning into that and you're more used to watching porn with the guys fucking the girl and here you are as a passive observer and so when it's time for you to have sex you almost feel like a passive observer even though this girl's on you you want her to kind of put it onto you you want her to engage it you want her to start on you you want her to dominate you that's how they've conditioned you to be. This isn't your natural impulse. You weren't born as a cuck. You weren't born as like, you know, like as a boy who was supposed to turn into a man who was a coward. This is conditioning. It'd be interesting to see what kind of man you would be without these external influences, without this lust being put onto you, without this messaging from this rapper or this TV show. Most men never find out who they actually are. When you unplug and you really unplug, that's when you start to discover yourself. And there was another finding from the marshmallow experiment that's gonna help you overcome lust. So imagine, okay, they've put you there again with the marshmallow, the two marshmallows, okay, you've gotta wait for them, okay? Then they tell you, why don't you think of something that makes you happy? Remember the time that when your mommy pushed you high on the swing? They would say that to some kids. Some, obviously, you know, they get like super happy thinking of like this happy moment. They again were super, super significantly more likely to resist the temptation of just eating the one marshmallow now rather than delaying gratification for the other one. What was very interesting, they also tried the exact opposite. They told some kids, why don't you just think about how good the marshmallow is going to taste? Those kids ate it almost immediately. So what does this teach us? We should, one, be trying to think of like positive thoughts and positive memories. But two, we should not be fantasizing and keeping in mind the bad desire that we don't want to act on. And this is the exact opposite that a lot of us often do. When you get an urge for porn, be honest, 
you probably kind of circulate the urge in your mind a bit. You kind of almost fantasize in it mentally first, don't you? You almost like play around with it. It's kind of annoying and agitating to experience like an urge to, to relapse, but you almost like purposely keep it in your mind at times. The fat person who's like, you know, thinking, should I eat the cake or not? Should I eat the cake or not? They're literally just like thinking about the cake for the next 10, 20 minutes. And of course they're gonna end up eating it. When you get thoughts and urges and desires in your mind of, okay, oh, maybe I'll go watch porn. No, 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 I don't want to. I don't, maybe I should, maybe I should. By, by keeping it in your mind, you're absolutely going to relapse. By like visualizing the kind of porn that you wanna watch, visualizing, you know, fantasizing about the girl that you wanna sleep with, you absolutely will fail at this goal of yours to like become a better man and to be stronger and to use willpower. So instead, we're gonna use a principle which is called if then. A lot of programmers like nerds know about this, if then. It's kind of like a mental model, almost like we're forming a mental habit. And the way it works is we clarify with humility that we're certainly going to experience a desire for porn or sex again, right? We know this, right? No matter even if you get onto NoFap, no matter how long you've been on, we know for a fact that we're gonna have desires for porn or sex at some point in our lives, probably like 50 million of them, right? So if we are honest with that, okay, we're gonna have those desires, we need to start to plan this almost mental model where we're gonna say, okay, when I get that mental model, then what I'm going to do is, and set a real consistent, like super specific plan for that. So you can do this right now. Think to yourself, right here, right now, I'm gonna get a lot more desires for porn and for all bad desires. As soon as I notice that I'm getting this desire, this craving, I'm going to do X. Now, a lot of people I've, I've noticed will say like, oh yeah, yeah do some push-ups, do some exercise. You possibly could do that. I'm not sure if that would be effective. The people I've spoke to, the young guys who say like, oh yeah, you know, just do some push-ups, they always end up relapsing because I'm not sure if trying to counter like a sort of a mental craving with something real world, which, you know, it's almost a bit un impractical, which sounds silly, but it's like, it's almost a bit impractical to like get down and do push-ups a lot of the time. I think it's better to almost make your like action, your response action more of like a way of thinking. So mine, for example, is when I have a desire that I don't want to fulfill, I will instead immediately go and think about some kind of happy, pleasant, funny memory. Because when we have these positive emotions inside of us, we're far more likely to delay gratification just because we don't really need much external things anymore. You know, when you feel happy, you don't need to eat as much sugar because you already kind of feel happy. So you can just take my one when you feel a desire for something that you don't want to feel. Immediately go and think about some kind of like funny memory that just makes you kind of smile or laugh. And you'll find that your desire for that thing will usually go down. Because if we're being honest, the biggest reason why you watch porn is probably just because you're sad, bored, or lonely. Sometimes, yeah, there is the sort of the lust and the horniness, but let's say real emotions. I feel sadness, I feel bored, I feel lonely. So how many times do we really get this intense need to fap when we're in like a humorous, joyful, grateful, present, happy mood. Not often, right? It's usually when we're in this quite silent mood and you know, it's 4 p.m. or 7 p.m. and we're just in our bedrooms by ourselves. We're not talking to anyone. We haven't seen sunlight for the last few hours and we're sat here just mindlessly looking at content and you know, just wasting time, pretending to study. That's when it hits us. It's not like you ever 
are having a, such a funny conversation with someone, you can't stop laughing and that's when you're thinking like, yeah, now would be a good time to ejaculate. In the sugar section of this full guide, I explain fully how to control your emotions so that these emotions of sadness, boredom or, or loneliness don't make you relapse on porn. So you might want to go watch that section as well. But first, your actionable step for this part of the guide is to take action right here, right now with me. Grab your phone, go on to those apps which you usually find have caused the trigger for you. For a lot of guys, this will be social media. Maybe you've deleted your social media already, but let's say it's the Instagram. And if you're just being honest on Instagram, there is a girl that, for example, it feels like a lot of triggers, a lot of cravings and desires happen because of her. Maybe it's some like model or some celebrity. Maybe it's like some girl that you know from like school or work or something. Go and unfollow her. This is for your own mental health, your own good. There's no reason to keep something which is literally just like poisoning your mind and, you know, causing your mind to fall in. Because remember for the, the kids in the marshmallow experiment, if we can cover the desire so you can't see it, you'll be far less likely to relapse. Maybe it's a girl on Instagram, but maybe it's also content creators on YouTube. I know for a lot of young men, they watch a lot of like seemingly traditional, but actually degenerate male influencers, role models. And so these people online, like, you know who I'm talking about, but like, they'll, they'll be causing more triggers, even though they're pretending to help you. So there's the nofap YouTuber who shows you pictures of like attractive girls, knowing that it's going to make you relapse just because he doesn't actually give a fuck about you. He just wants you to like, you know, watch, be more likely to click on the video. Anytime I see a nofap YouTuber who puts something like triggering as a picture, you know, the thumbnail or whatever he puts like in a sexy girl or something. I always just think to myself, this is a grade A dickhead. The same thing I see with these sort of men's podcasts where they know that the major problem that their audiences of experiencing is like porn and masturbation and triggers and here they'll bring in a bunch of degenerate women and telling them to like dress up nice and put wearing the push-up bras just to kind of put that into your face and then here they are shouting at them and telling them no like you know i am a high value man and you you do this and you have sex and like and then straight after the show they just message them and say like oh hey do you want to do you want to fuck they desperately are trying to fuck the same girls that they're saying are damaged your actionable step which will genuinely change your life forever unsubscribe from garbage content from the girl who doesn't even post anything educational, but she's just, you know, it's like the girl who's pretending to be like a fitness influencer and she's posting like, you know, her little workout routines, but she's wearing quite like sexual clothing, the kind of leggings that like fucking go up her asshole. And here she is posting it from the back of her head. You know, today I hit four times eight squats. She's not actually selling fitness. She's selling sex. Unfollow, unsubscribe, block, delete. This includes seemingly like educational YouTubers who aren't actually posting like valuable content and instead they're just posting triggering content. It's the Red Pill podcast. It's the um, Instagram pages you post that, you know, they've got pictures of girls and then whatever it is, if there's things that trigger you, just get rid of it. You don't need to see this stuff in your day-to-day -day life. If you respect yourself, you'll go and do that right now. Step three, video games. I'm 17 years old. And I'm in a dark, quiet room. I'm grunting, I'm sweating, and I'm straining repetitively. I'm in our home gym in the garage working out. My brother's recently got me into weightlifting. It's like this new thing that I'm doing where you lift these weights and you're trying to get bigger muscles and it seems like super, super fun. And so I'm here and last week I hit this weight. So I'm gonna look around for the smallest little weight here we go and I'll add that in and instantly it clicks into my mind that this is 
the way I progressed on RuneScape, on the video game that I've been addicted to for like 10 years. That the desire to make progress has always been inside me, but it's just been brainwashed, manipulated, and stolen by games so that I grew up leveling up in video games instead of the real world. So I put the extra weight plate onto the dumbbell, put it onto the other one, and I'm doing bicep curls and literally just thinking, where I could have been in life if I started this mindset earlier of leveling up in the real world instead of in the virtual world. Now there's something super interesting in that same study, the marshmallow experiment. They found that if they complimented or criticized the children for their performance on their work or school, it changed how much they were able to resist the marshmallow. So right, right here, right now, what do you think would happen if we complimented you, like four-year-old you on his little schoolwork whilst you were trying to do the marshmallow experiments? You know, you've got this one marshmallow, but if you wait 15 minutes, you can have these two. If we made you feel good and we complimented you, you'd be much more likely to delay gratification. But the little kids who were criticized and given negative feedback for their schoolwork, they were far more likely to be unable to resist and just eat the one marshmallow right now. And that really made me think of the concept, and you can probably relate to this, of like the, the somewhat lonely and shy video gamer in high school whose teachers keep giving him like bad grades and every now and then they shout at him and he doesn't feel like good in school. He keeps getting this negative feedback. And so he goes home and plays video games. Of course he does. Because with this like quite inhumane education system. Some kids don't perform well in it. I didn't. I always got like f quite below average grades, like Ds and Es, and there was a couple of Fs in, and everything. And my family are quite high performing in this, you know, I'm brown. So my brother performed really well. He got A's and A stars. My sister performed really well. She got A's and A stars. And here's me, like the, the dumb kid of the family, underperforming every single day, every single exam, underperforming them, my brother and my sister, getting compared to them getting shouted at by my father. Oh, you, you didn't study for this one. You didn't revise for this one. Teachers telling me, you know, being angry at me. Sometimes I wasn't able to understand the, the test or the homework. So imagine that in my life. Where am I gonna go other than the virtual world? Because in the real world, I'm failing. I keep messing up. People don't like me. My friends keep like essentially bullying me. Girls don't like me. Teachers are shouting at me. My dad's shouting at me. But in the virtual world, I'm a dragon slayer. In the virtual world, I'm doing quests and killing demons and, and Dracula and vampires and I'm doing cool shit and you know, I'm quite a high level in there because I've been grinding and so when I do meet other people in these video games, they actually respect me and give me status and compliment me. A young man is just gonna go where his status is higher. He's just gonna go where he's complimented and where he feels like a sense of social connection and brotherhood and when we don't feel that in school, then you are gonna go to video games. You are gonna form that sort of peer circle of gamers. Can we blame these like teenagers who are totally addicted to video games? You know, I think we have like quite a negative perception of games, don't we? When we look back, we, we get angry at how much we played them. And that makes me quite offensive to gamers, the way that I talk about them, but I don't even mean to, honestly. Like when I get angry at like video gamers, it's more that I'm just talking about my younger self. But then when I take a moment to reflect and take like a deep breath, I realize it's like, should we be angry at our younger selves who, who wasted so much time in the virtual world when that was genuinely where he was accepted most? Was it the problem of our younger selves or was it a problem of like probably the education system and maybe our parents? And it's not good to place responsibility onto them, but when you're a child and you're 10 years old, it's like, you know, we're not going to put that much responsibility on a literal child right now. Because if school was more engaging, if I was 
you know, more involved in like sports or, you know, I was asked and encouraged to be more into sports and I was trained there, then I'm sure I wouldn't have been as addicted to RuneScape and Minecraft. And I played those games for literally like 15 years straight, hours every day, over 10,000 hours in video games. You know, it's often said that to master a skill, it takes 10,000 hours. And all video gamers know this. It's like, you've probably put in 10,000 or maybe more hours into video games. You could have mastered a skill and become like, like a, at a world level for this one sport, for example. And instead, it's just spread amongst all the games that we have on Steam. So this effect that when you're given negative feedback, it reduces your willpower, your ability to delay gratification. That is very bad for us, but we can actually reframe that because if we're given positive feedback, if we're given compliments and we're made to feel happy, then we will get like an improvement to our ability to be able to delay gratification and wait for the second marshmallow and to improve our willpower. And so we can take control of this ourselves. We don't need to wait for the teachers to compliment us. We can do that ourselves. You can do it. Like when you've been hitting a workout, you can manually say positive thoughts in your mind. Often you have to manually, forcefully say like positive things in your brain because they don't often come up naturally. So here you are, like you've just done a workout and automatically your brain is just thinking about high school, it's thinking about, you know, irrelevant things, stupid thoughts, everything, you know, it's just whatever. But you can take a few seconds to think, yes, like you can say the words in your brain, like forcefully, I've completed the workout. I feel awesome. I'm so proud of myself for completing the workout. I've studied today for 25 minutes. It's not that, it's not like as much as, you know, other people do, but it's quite a high amount for me. So I'm proud of myself. I'm happy. It's, it's of utmost importance that someone, honestly, that's fucking sad, but it's of very much importance for everyone, but especially for children and teenagers that you're hearing some of these positive words. And I'm so like, I'm sad for you that you're not hearing that from the people in your life and you know from school from teachers from parents but our sadness is not going to help us here proactiveness is if other people aren't implanting these positive happy joyful words into your mind then it's your duty to do it yourself if you are trying to quit video games the single greatest piece of advice that i can give you is not just to quit video games but rather to replace them with a hobby or skill that has a very similar feeling of like progression, status, brotherhood, leveling up, and weightlifting is absolutely perfect for this. You go from grinding and leveling up inside of the virtual world and you're getting some level of status for like the high score that you're hitting and the, the boss that you've just killed to getting into the gym and grinding and leveling up like the weight of the big movements, the bench press and the squat and the deadlift and you get some level of status there. You get some brotherhood when you work out with guys. Understand this. Every single guy that I have known who has successfully quit video games, which is hundreds of people that I've spoke to in this work that I've done, every single one of them replaced video games with weightlifting. Every time. Literally, like, it seems to me that you can, like, 100% guarantee that you'll quit video games if you'd rather get into weightlifting instead. And it seems to me that people who try to quit video games without specifically getting into weightlifting often don't end up being successful. They often go back to playing video games. Of course, there's some people who have quit playing games and you know they ended up doing some other skill or whatever, but it seems to me that weightlifting is probably the best one. 
on my recent discipline full guide i actually had a whole section on like how to start going to the gym it like it's it's in like autistic detail of like okay this is how you find a gym this is how you sign up this is the workout you should hit i even made the workout routine and linked all the videos that you need to watch to begin so the discipline full guide will be like linked somewhere as a card that you can go watch now and just go look out for the section that says like starting the gym but before you can make progress in quitting video games and moving on and you know leveling up in real life we have to acknowledge that your social life will have a huge influence here if you're friends with these guys these losers who are stuck or who are happy in mediocrity who are happy to continue playing video games and you stay friends with them you will stay stuck at this level here you are like a, a young man who's so different from your friends but you just haven't really shown it that much you still keep for example pretending to be friends with them you don't want to play video games but then you still join the discord server of your little gamer friends and you, it's just kind of agitating to listen to people play games whilst they're on discord you know the voice chat and so you end up joining and you just like relapse your, your non-gaming streak and you feel pathetic and you know one of the guys there isn't even nice he's actually a bit of an asshole and everything so the piece of advice i'd give you is if you do genuinely want to quit playing video games, you probably need to stop being friends with the same video gamers because you'll realize that a lot of your friendship just revolves around the video game, which you might not think it does because you might laugh about things. You might talk about other things and, oh, you know, new tape podcast guys and stuff. When you stop playing video games, you'll realize just how little you have in common with them. And the more that you attach yourself to the same people, the less you're going to be able to progress in life because if they're here at this level, you're trying to climb, but while spending time talking and integrating their beliefs, their mindsets, their words into your brain. So your own self-improvement journey is just slower. Like you're literally delaying the point of which you're going to meet like your beautiful feminine wife because you're still friends with these guys and, and that woman's not going to like you if you're like a fucking loser like this. Because this is below you. The Discord friends, the video games, it is below you. If you're watching a video like this, undoubtedly you are better than that now. You're better than these modern addictions. But too many young guys, they want to quit video games, but they don't quit that friendship group because it feels super painful to leave like the social circle that we're in. You must get used to this concept of shedding layers of your life. That, for example, whilst you were this video gamer, all parts of your life aligned to it. You know, the, the clothes you wore, the hairstyle you had, the friends you kept, the apps that you had on your phone and on your computer. When you're not like this anymore, you need to almost shed that identity. That means shedding the, the kinds of clothes that remind you of being a video gamer. That means shedding like the, the desktop wallpaper that reminds you from it. Shedding the Discord server, even the friends, the people who remind you of that lesser version of you because you're no longer that guy. But if you don't actually make actions in the real world, then you technically haven't changed at all. So this seems scary, but your actionable step is to construct a respectful message, which you're going to send over to this chat. And then you're going to leave straight after that. This is something I've helped quite a lot of young men with. And this is the most effective way to quit playing video games and to like get away from this friendship group that aren't really doing much with their lives. We've tried different ways. Like I spoke to hundreds of guys speaking about this problem. There's so many different ways you could consider. You can try to just, you know, ghost them a little bit. You can try to just be friendly and be on good terms. None of that ever works. Your real like big progress will come from you specifically creating like a full on okay point. I'm like leaving this. I'm no longer this person anymore. This is why I'm saying you construct a respectful message. You don't blame them. You don't say anything bad to them. If you really want this full guy to help you, this is a task that you must do right now. 
open up like a Word doc or maybe just open up the exact Discord server that you usually go to or the like you know the WhatsApp group chat or whatever it is that you use for these friends. And you just can tell like they're not getting onto self-improvement. They're not interested in this. They think that going to the gym is gay. They just want to keep playing games. You're going to construct just a few sentences just saying like, hello, everyone, you know, thank you so much for like the experiences and memories that we've had. I'm grateful to have like, you know, experienced this all, but video games that just don't interest me anymore. And I don't, and I want to like shed this layer of my life and move on to the next part of like my, my growth as a person. And this is nothing against you guys. I really hope that you keep having lots of fun. Take care. You send a message like that where you don't say anything mean to them, but you just kind of say like, you know, I'm just kind of like shedding the layers of my life or something like that, right? And you end up sending it and then leaving the group chat. You fully like leave the server. And you might think, wait, this is really scary. But you're already past this. You don't even play games with them anymore. You don't even enjoy it. There's no value for you being there. It's just the fear of like stepping into the unknown. It's the fear of just going about it yourself. But what I found is like you almost have to go through this transition period where you have the bad friends, you have this period of loneliness, and then you start making the good friends. The good friends aren't going to be attracted to you when you're still the guy who's in the middle of like a bad video game of friendship group. It's better to be by yourself than it is with people who are dragging you back and who are like negative influences. When you send this message, you probably will get like a barrage of disrespect. They'll send you a bunch of messages. They will talk about you and chat shit about you, which I know sounds scary. This will last for about three days. Their attention span isn't that powerful. After that, they'll go back to playing their games with mild depression and they'll stop thinking about you. You'll realize that this strong friendship that you thought you had all this time because you speak to each other for three hours a day, you'll realize it 100% revolved around video games, which you don't want to play anymore. The best friend, like the nicest guy, the most like awoke guy from the group will probably send you a private message. He's the one that you can try and save and try and get onto self-improvement, but it most likely will be a waste of your time. The exact same dynamic, please trust me when I say, I have seen this happen over a hundred times. The work that I've done here is over the last three years, this has literally been like my full-time job is getting guys to like quit the bad habits and start the good ones. Trust me when I say over the last years, it's such a wasted time trying to hold on to these people who aren't even good for you. There's better growth coming from this. And it's not terrible to be alone for some time when you're trying to figure things out and learn who you are and you're navigating self-improvement even more. There's two paths that you can take here. If you do want to join my online community, I have a paid school called Adonis School where we've got like the whole community, then we've got teachers, we teach you self-improvement tactics, we teach you like business models. I think it's an awesome place to be and you can like consider joining that. That's the top link in the description. But you can also just join communities and, and make friends without needing to pay for anything. You can go to the gym and make a workout friend there, like make like a workout partner. And you can even go and find free communities online. It's far better for you to be in the middle of other guys who are on self-improvement, who are going to the gym, who've got values just like you do, than it is to be around people who like you don't even respect anymore. Step four, sugar. I'm in the car with my girlfriend and we're in the Scotland Highlands, right at the top of the UK. We're here on a road trip. We've been driving around, having a great time, sleeping in the car, going from cafe to cafe, enjoying all these like treats and coffees. And we're sat here right now. I've got a cookie, I've got a cake and we've got coffee next to us. 
but it doesn't feel quite right. On our last trip here, we were so loving and we stumbled upon these beautiful family-run cafes where we enjoyed some of the treats that were made by the, like, the authentic 60-year-old grandmas. This time, I was autistically mapping out our itinerary to make sure we could hit all these cafes again. And it was like I became a sugar fiend, like a crackhead. And we're sat here when I've got a hundred grams of sugar between my legs, the cookie and the cake, and like the cake that we've traveled 300 miles for. And she actually says it to me. I don't think you're as loving as you were last time we were here. And that hits me because, you know, I've been reading the way of the superior man and I've been leveling up my, my skill of relationships, of, of love. And here's my own woman telling me that not only have I been less loving on this trip, but rather she has seen this weird addictive side to me where I've been so obsessed of making sure that we hit every cafe that I had plotted out on Google Maps. And it hits me, but we are hundreds of miles away from home. The reason why I was super keen for this trip wasn't to spend loving time with her. It was for sugar. I realize even here, right now, today, the sugar has a huge hook on me. A hook to the level that it will make me travel the entire country, hundreds of miles, to just go get some cake. And you know this yourself, whether it's with sugar or other kinds of junk food. The food that we have in this modern day is so addictive, low quality, lacking in nutrition. And here we are just eating it as if it's completely normal. And if you don't have a problem with the things that you eat, then maybe it's someone that you know, or there's a lot of people you know, which have literally got health problems inside of them. There's genuine like cancer and diabetes forming right now. And yet we're still having a hundred grams of sugar every single day without realizing. If you can relate to this, I just want to twist the knife on your pain a little bit. Are we really men of character and strength if there's substances that we're consuming every day that actually have such a hook on us? From what you know about me, you probably think that I'm quite like a disciplined, regimented guy who likes being on his routine and working hard and everything. But here I was on this trip, genuinely having drove 10 hours straight to go to a particular cafe because I just wanted the cake from there. That kind of sounds like a cute like bonding moment with your girl, but genuinely I'm telling you it was not for love. It was for sugar. So I have the humility to admit that sugar is very addictive for me, even though I don't have that much in my day-to-day -day diet. And so this is exactly what you do to overcome the pull that sugar and junk food has on you. In that same marshmallow experiment, they found that when they cued the children to feel negative and to feel unhappy, they were far less likely to delay gratification. So if you're sad, you'll have less willpower. If you're happy, you have more willpower. And you can almost imagine like the middle-aged women who struggle with their diets. And you always hear of this of like guilty, upset, depressive eating. When someone is sad, they always are more likely to cheat on the diet. And the same thing for us with not just diets, but let's say porn and video games. I think that when we've done these bad habits, our emotions have played a huge part in that. We often will eat the sugar or we'll watch the porn, not when we're hungry or when we're feeling horny, but rather when we're just bored, sad, and lonely. What's super interesting is that when those researchers cued these children to feel sad or to feel happy to see what the effective emotion was on their ability to delay gratification, guess how they did it? It was as simple as just telling the children 
to remember a specific type of memory. So when they wanted to see the effect of like being sad on your ability to have willpower, they literally just said to the children, like a standardized sentence that they said to each of them, think of something sad, like when you're crying, but there's no one there to help you. That was the one cue that they gave that literally put the children in a sad mood. I keep saying this in every video that I record, you can control which emotions that you feel. You do it by manually putting a thought inside of your mind, manually thinking of a memory that makes you feel sad, manually thinking of something that makes you feel anxious. Now, most of the time, these emotions and thoughts and memories come about automatically in our brain, don't they? It's like, you know, you're just going through life, you're just whatever you're, you're doing, whatever you're supposed to be doing, and suddenly there's a thought of anxiousness, suddenly there's a thought of sadness, that happens. But we need to be manually implanting positive thoughts, recalling happy memories, like manually, forcefully into our brain because when they did that and the researchers asked the children think of something that makes you happy like when your mommy pushes you really high on the swing you know like the little swing thing in like a children's playground this was their standardized sentence and it literally worked to make the children happy which then meant that they delayed gratification more so why don't we just start doing this just through the day just recall things that make you happy more quite frankly there's a lot of like weak and hateful people in this modern world, usually the weaker people are more hateful. And so when they see you being quite happy and when they see us discussing something like this, they'll for some reason think that this is, this is evil. Like you can imagine the kind of person I'm thinking about. There's people who, if they found out that we were manually implanting positive thoughts and memories in our brain, they would say that this is like a bad practice. They would almost like, they're there in depression, like wanting you to feel depressed, but we've all like we've experienced what it's like to feel depressed and it's fucking awful. So why would we stay like that? It sounds so inconsiderate, like insensitive, but really the cure to like your emotional problems is like, just think of something pleasant. It's pretty much as simple as that. Just think of something pleasant right here, right now is like a mini actionable step. Think of a happy memory that you've got, one that you couldn't stop laughing. Like what, when was the time where you can remember where you like fully laughed a lot? Play that memory into your mind. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You can't help but to feel more pleasant when that happens. And when you have that pleasant feeling, you're gonna wait out for the second marshmallow. Now, what do you think would happen when they kept on reminding the kids who were trying to delay gratification of what the reward would be if they waited? Remember, they get two marshmallows if they wait, but only one if they eat it right now. When the researchers kept on reminding the children that they'd get essentially double the reward, 
they were more likely to delay gratification because they kept the dream result in their mind. And that reminds me of what you can probably imagine like a bunch of businessmen do. They write their goals every morning. They're keeping the dream result in mind. And, and do you do this? Why not think to yourself every single day what the dream result that you're waiting out for is? There's a random girl like giving you flirtatious eyes and she's speaking to you. Maybe she's approached you, but you don't want to cheat on your woman. Why don't you just think of like the dream result with your woman? The happy long-term relationship, the children, the beautiful, loving, safe household. Because when a man is tempted, if that's the things that he's thinking of, but th then he's not gonna cheat. But on the other side, the man who gets tempted and he thinks about the pleasure that he could go and gain right now and he almost tries purposely not to think about his family. He's the one who breaks his commitments. Remind yourself of what the dream results you want is. This works super, super well for this step right here with sugar, with your diet, with your physique. Put a picture of your dream physique on your phone lock screen. Go take like the best picture you've taken so far in the gym and put it as your phone lock screen. And if you get tempted by sugar and by diet, just look at that picture. Look at that picture and feel proud of yourself and think to yourself like, you know, this is what I'm working so hard for. I like looking good. I like feeling strong. I've built this myself. And so when you get tempted and you look at a picture like that, you remind yourself, this is what you're doing it for. There's two books that I read for this full guide. One is The Marshmallow Test by Walter Mischel. And this is the one, you know, talking about the marshmallows and the children. But the other book I read, which is super interesting, is called Discipline is Destiny by Ryan Holiday. I read that book for the Discipline Full Guide that's on my channel, but a lot of it was about willpower resisting desires. And there was a quote which I want to read you out. And I just, as I read it to you, maybe just visualize what I'm saying. Remember to conduct yourself in life as if at a banquet. As something being passed around comes to you, reach your hand and take a moderate helping. Does it pass by you? Don't stop it. It hasn't come yet. Don't burn in desire for it, but wait until it arrives in front of you. Act this way with children, a spouse towards position with wealth. One day it will make you worthy of a banquet with the gods. If you imagine yourself in that situation, you're in this restaurant and they're bringing delicious food over. Most people will have such intense desires or like this uncontrollable urge to feast right now. You know, they can smell the nice tasty, like like trans fats coming into the air and they'll really want a lot. You can imagine a, a fat relative of yours who would take like big servings, stick it onto his plate and some of your other fat relatives will almost compliment him on that and say like, wow, you know, you're, you're eating so much. <laughs> But imagine yourself this stoic, unperturbed by the addictions of food, still enjoying it, but within moderation of mastering the desire inside of you for this addictive food. And it's very hard to have the thing that you might be addicted to, the sugar, the junk food, right in front of you. But to be able to act with character at the same time. That's why I'm inviting you to do a practice, which is what I call willpower training. I did this for a year straight, every single day, and it changed my life. It will change yours, and it's super simple. Go out to a store as soon as you can, and go and buy your all-time favorite treat. Maybe it's a chocolate bar, maybe it's crisp, maybe whatever it is. Like the, the thing that is unhealthy, but you've always like really, really liked. For me, it's like chocolate bars and there's one in specific called Kinder Hippos. Like absolutely delicious chocolate bar. And there's also um, Lindor chocolate. Like people in the UK will know what I'm talking about. Okay? You go out and you go buy one of those, like one chocolate bar, right? Put it on your desk. Put it in front of you. Stare at it like a psychopath. Feel the emotions that arises, the copes that start in your brain thinking like, yeah, you know, this is kind of weird. I may as well just eat it. Otherwise, you know, it'll be wasted. Like, you know, because someone else might eat it. So yeah, I may as well just eat it now because I'm always being weird with that thing. 
Stare at it and just analyze the thoughts and feelings that happen. Get a journal out and ask yourself, why does this have power over me? I know that it's not good. Why do I feel an urge to indulge in it right now? This will drain your willpower, but this is how you level willpower up. It's when you use your willpower like a muscle and then it gets strengthened overnight. You do this as like a specific practice. You just go and get the all-time favorite snack, put it in front of you. The reason why I suggest this is because I've heard in the self-improvement space online of everyone just saying like, oh yeah, just throw away the junk food and don't buy it at the store so that you know your environment is clean. That's actually pretty good advice, but it's not good enough. You know why? I want you to imagine like there's some fat woman who's got problems with, with dieting and she's got a bunch of snacks in the kitchen and she hears this self-improvement, you know, so this lame ass, like average advice, like, yeah, just throw it away and just don't buy it at the store anymore. This is what most people do. This is probably what you've thought is the right answer. It's not because what's going to happen to her. She's going to throw it all away, feel kind of proud of herself. And then she's going to go to work and her coworker is going to offer it to her. And then there's the birthday party coming up and someone's going to offer it there. With how prevalent sugar and unhealthy food is and just addictions and drugs in general, you're never safe just by changing the environment. We should absolutely set up our environment for success. You don't want to like, you know, just have porn open 24 seven on your computer or something. But at the same time, you want to develop like the mental strength, the willpower so that if porn was blasted right in front of you, you'd be okay. So that if someone pulls out the ultimate chocolate bar that you've always loved your entire life, you'd be okay saying no because you've been training for this very moment. Throwing it out is like level one, like you've made some progress. Throwing it out, but then specifically getting the, like the hardest thing for you to use your willpower against and dangling that in front of you like a psychopath and staring at it with your squinted eyes and thinking, why do you have control over me? That will make you realize things that you've never known about yourself. If you feel like you have absolutely no self-control at all, then maybe skip this step because it's quite advanced. But willpower training will work for you if you can kind of imagine yourself that if you got this sort of chocolate bar, you would be able to somewhat resist. You might even cope and just eat it and say like, oh, well, you know, the experiment is done. Like, you know, the willpower training was kind of stupid. So I'm just going to eat it because otherwise it'd be a waste. Even if you coped, you'd benefit because straight after that, you'd feel guilty as fuck and realize how much extra power it had over you. I had my favorite chocolate bar on my desk for an entire year you know after a few days you lose the desire for it because it, these things are very unnatural you know how does this piece of food just last there just there on your desk it makes you realize this it's not even real food it's just like this weird chemical substance that some scientists and entrepreneurs have put together to addict you so when i've got my favorite chocolate bar on top of my desk and I haven't touched it for months. When it's time for someone's birthday and I can see that they've got like a kind of a mediocre, shitty cake, I'm not going to have any. When I go out to a restaurant, I'm not going to have the dessert menu because I've already had the perfect thing in front of me. I've been training my willpower so that when the addiction is in front of me, I can resist it. Do that while still setting up your environment for success. You still, for example, don't want to be using your phone or your computer for work and stumble upon something that's going to trigger you into relapsing in your nofap streak. So you want to set up that. You still, for example, want to go through the kitchen and make your food without seeing something that you might quickly grab and eat. But some specific time for willpower training can be very beneficial. That's your actionable step go and get the thing that you feel addicted to it can be sugar it can be junk food it can be for any of the other like addictions that we spoke about and just put it in front of you and journal about what you feel 
and be pissed off. Step five, find your hot triggers now. Think about how crazy it is to think of a world-level athlete or a president, extremely disciplined, committed men who will eventually go on and cheat on their wives. I've experienced this firsthand myself for the last three years. I've lived in this house with my family. I've been super disciplined. I wake up every day, 5 a.m. cold showers. You know, I do like the disciplined stuff. And yet I've traveled to Thailand twice in the last few years, along with some other countries. And it's so interesting of what happens to my discipline when I go somewhere else. I turn into a degenerate. Here, I'm super productive. My diet is, is like on point. I'm training hard every day. I'm working super, super hard. I go to Thailand and I'm literally edging my dick whilst high, whilst like message, like barrage messaging girls on, on Tinder or Instagram. I go to Mexico and I'm literally caught having public sex. Why is it that you can show like a spectrum of character traits? You would assume that someone who is disciplined is disciplined. But not exactly. Someone who's disciplined is not always disciplined. Rather, he is disciplined when the context is the same. And so if he keeps the context, the environment the same, then he stays disciplined and he seems like an all-round disciplined person. Put that same disciplined guy, let's say this world-level athlete, and put his type of woman in front of him, like some curvy, light-skinned woman that's you know his, his exact type, and suddenly he's not disciplined and he's cheating on his wife. So this is called your hot trigger. And this is something you'll really want to do alongside me right now. Be honest with yourself and start to think what your hot trigger could be. What is the thing that triggers you to behave in a way that you wouldn't like? For a lot of guys, it might be like a sexually attractive woman who's specifically showing some interest in you. Most married men may feel kind of like committed to their wives and they've been good boys, but it's just because that situation hasn't arose. But once that situation does arise in their 10, 20, 30 year marriage, when you're the guys working at some convention or something, and that's when some like random woman that he works with starts like speaking to him flirting and he ends up cheating. It was never that he was like this totally committed guy all this time. It was that he always had this hot trigger that was just not in front of him. Likewise for you, you might be quite a disciplined guy. And yet when you get triggered to, for example, get into that like incessant urge to fap because you've been on social media and you've seen some like gym girl who posts a picture of her ass, then you're not as disciplined anymore. What is the equivalent of, of going to Thailand for you? For me, my hot triggers, and I'm just going to be totally honest and vulgar. If I smoke weed, I turn into a degenerate. I get horny as fuck and I'm literally like, I get obsessed with having sex. If I go and move to a different place, if I go travel, and specifically if I'm away from like either family or, I, or people who ground me, even when I've moved with like with good friends, I've still turned into like a degenerate. Being with my family seems to keep me quite stable, which of course is like, it's common sense. That's what family's supposed to do. And these days we don't even value family anymore. This part of this guide might literally save you from making the biggest mistakes of your entire life. What could be your hot triggers? What are the negative if then situations? If X, then Y. If I smoke weed, then I turn into a degenerate. If a girl approaches me 
I might end up cheating on my girlfriend. Be honest with yourself in this practice. And this actually reminds me of something that Dr. Andrew Huberman talks about on his podcast, where he spoke about failure forecasting. The idea is that we should take some dedicated time every now and then to think about the ways that we could actually fail, the obstacles that could arise so that we can plan to overcome them. We don't want to live in this way. We don't want to, you know, 24 seven be thinking about the ways we could mess up the failures and, you know, feeling quite negative and reserved, but rather just for like some dedicated time, maybe once a month, once every few months, you'd want to just project forward and think, okay, what could be the mistakes and failures that I could make soon? If you've got a girl that you really love and you really want this relationship to be a success, you should be asking yourself this question, like what kind of situation might I cheat in? Maybe if I take drugs, maybe if I drink alcohol, Maybe if a girl really, really, you know, approaches me and she's like being very straightforward. Maybe if I get a DM from a girl on Instagram, maybe if I'm on Instagram or whatever app and like, you know, some girl has liked my picture. When you're honest with yourself, you know the tendencies that you have. You know the situations where you might actually sway. And most people will never do this. Most people will never have the honesty to admit this to themselves. This is what's gonna set you apart from the lesser version of yourself who doesn't wanna have the honesty or humility to admit this. Once you're becoming aware of your if-then situations, if this happens, then I might act like that, whether it's for positive things or negative things, it's time to start really thinking deeply about the kind of environments you might wanna set up for yourself. You wanna set up an environment, a place to live, situations to get into, context to be in, which are gonna support your goals. They're gonna support the, the character traits that you want. So for example, for a long time, since around 2019, I wanted to be a digital nomad. That's where you work online, you make money online and you just take your laptop and you can work from any different country. I wanted to do that for so long. COVID happened. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, waiting, making money online. It gets to 2022 and I'm ready to actually fly out to Thailand and live out the stream. I'm, I'm going to live there for literally like months or even years and not even come back to the UK. And after literally just a few days it was so clear that like that wasn't the place to be. But there was this huge goal that I had been working on to be there for so long that, you know, I stayed there for a little bit longer. Then we're one month in and I'm really turning into a degenerate. I'm smoking a lot of weed. This was like a solid, you know, year, year and whatever ago. And it was so strange to be in this situation because just a month before that, when I was at home, I was waking up at 4 a.m., going to the gym. And so I started to doubt myself thinking, wait, am I still a Jeffrey? Am I still like, you know, I must still not be disciplined at all. It was so strange to literally see myself like beginning to like fucking, not fap fap, but like edge and cope and say that it was for a testosterone boost. That's how I, that was my morning routine. I used to wake up and literally look at girls on Instagram and say that it was for like a testosterone boost. And then me and my friend would drive to the gym whilst listening to like fucking porn audio saying that it was a testosterone boost. And it's not like, don't fucking do that because it's a stupid idea and it literally ruins your workouts. But like, just, I think about that and I'm like, what the fuck was I doing that? Like, doesn't even sound like me at all. But when your environment changes so much, then you can't expect your behavior not to. So what happened around that time? my channel literally started to die off. Like it was the first month of my channel's history that it actually went down because I was so distracted because you know, my brain was just going elsewhere. And I let that happen for about a month, one month and a half. And then I just got so frustrated thinking like, I'm not even happy here. I'm not even making progress to the goals that I care about. I'm wasting my time. 
I don't care about like this digital nomad feeling of, you know, working in the cafes and stuff. And so I left the trip early, moved back home and got straight onto like a great grind. Luckily, the day before I left, I ended up meeting my girlfriend there in Thailand. So that was like a, at least a happy moment with that. But then we went to Thailand together just in, um, in January of this year. And I went again, not really for the digital nomad lifestyle, but more for this, um, why did I even go? I went with this like goal of becoming like a martial artist and I'm gonna go train there, Muay Thai and everything. And um, I realized that that wasn't actually for me, that I was pretty much just pursuing this goal of becoming a fighter just because it would look cool online and that I didn't actually give a fuck about that. Like, you know, it's kind of nice to train, sure. So we went together and I literally just wasted another two months of my life. It's been a six months of my entire life has been wasted because I was following like a goal that randomly popped into my mind, which, you know, seemed kind of cool. Like, yeah, go to Thailand, go to like a different country and stuff. And, you know, it, it, for me, it's like, okay, go to Thailand, go to like one of these countries. For you, it might be something like pursuing a certain sport, which isn't even right for you. It might be like being friends with this friendship group that are always going out and taking drugs or this friendship group that are always playing video games. It's about the situations that you get yourself in. You can see that mine, it seemed kind of productive. And so yours might too. You might feel like it's productive to go and pursue this kind of situation or environments, but it's only when you get there, you realize you don't actually like the kind of person you are when you're there. So six months of my entire life, which is a lot, that's about 5% of my life. Wasted, not wasted in the learning sense. You know, I learned things about myself, but wasted in like the goal sense of, you know, getting closer to the things that I, I want out of life. Six months of my entire life wasted because I was putting myself into an environment where I didn't do best. Because I didn't have the realization that you might be getting now. That there's an environment that is right for you. Now, for me, it's here in my family's home. So the environment that's right for you might not sound as cool as going somewhere else across the world and moving to Dubai. Because mine doesn't, it, it doesn't sound very cool when I tell you, yep, yeah, I live at home with my family. And it almost sounds strange when, you know, the normal, I mean, that's a side topic, but like it's, it's strange to like live with your family when your business is doing very, very well and you can afford like a place by yourself. And, you know, people find that it's strange in some ways. But this is where I'm doing best. This is where I am the, like I act like the man that I want to act. This is where the environment has set me up for success in the areas that I care about. So why change that? Why change that for the perceptions of other people? So I ask you if there's situations and environments that you keep getting into where you don't act like you want to, where your traits are, are worse or poorer or weaker, where your personality is, is, you know, much more reserved, maybe insecure, then why keep putting yourself back into those situations? You need to find your hot triggers, the things that trigger you into letting go of the, the willpower and start to consider the kind of environment that you could set up for that. And so your actionable step for this part of the video 
is to just journal this question, maybe for a few minutes, maybe if you want, you can write it as a comment below the video, and then that will like help the YouTube algorithm as well. And just answer this question, what could be my hot triggers? How could I set up an environment where those hot triggers don't bother me? Step six, high level desires. This is the part of the full guide, which I think might save you decades of your life. I'm not exaggerating when I say that decades of your life saved because high level desires are something that no one's ever spoke to you about. We'll say the low level desires are those things that we've been talking about so far. It's the porn, it's the video games, it's the sugar, the things that we all know are wrong for us. The high level desires are the things that seemingly are productive and yet might still be wrong for us overworking, too much ambition. How different is the depressed millionaire who needs to keep working, 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 working from the fat man who needs to keep eating, 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 eating? They both have this incessant desire for more, 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 not good enough, unsatisfied, more. But the depressed millionaire we rank so highly these days, they're both as soulless as each other. They're both as depressed and unhappy and unhealthy as each other but the millionaire we will regard with so much social status these days, the millionaire doesn't want to be alive. Only with everyone's attention to his ego does he feel anything. This is why these guys you see a lot as like influencers. More attention, more attention, more money. Validation, please, 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 please. You might think that I'm going crazy at what I'm getting at here. I'm saying that working too hard, making money, being ambitious, setting goals might actually be a desire that's bad for you. Just open up your mind to this realization that I've had, okay? If you knew that the next level of your business success, let's say, you know, it's 10 years from now, you're happily married and everything, and you knew that the next level of your business success, you pursuing it was going to be, you know, super, super hard work, that you would literally ruin your family, that you would literally get divorced from pursuing the next level because of how much harder you needed to work and you know you started to like almost resent and push away your family and they felt so withdrawn from you. If you knew that desiring more money was going to lead you to getting divorced and being unhappy, would you still do it? How about for athletes? If you knew that desiring to win that upcoming season was literally going to get you divorced and, you know, for your child to develop like this weird conditional love feeling where now they've, they've got like slight trauma for the rest of their lives and they don't even like you and your woman wants to leave you. If you knew that those things were going to happen because of chasing the next level of success, too much success, would you still chase it? I don't blame you for not wanting to listen to this part of this video. Almost it seems a bit crazy at what I'm saying because everyone online, Every influencer that you see these days who's going viral is is so materialistic, so like everyone just wants more money, more success, more like, you know, this is what we're covering our soul on top of. Here we are all broken inside, but more money, okay, you know, we can go get the car and the watch and the fancy subscribe, you know, the subscribers, the likes and everything. This is all what we're thinking about. But again, this is like a low level of ambition. You know why? Because constantly desiring more success and more money, it's fucking normal. It's mediocre. Everyone wants this, right? By watching a full guide like this, where you're studying willpower as a topic, you're not normal. You're not average. And yet, average mediocre people, including those which who seemingly seem very successful, rich, you know, influencers and everything, they're all here. They just want more success, more success, more success. They're trapped in the matrix. 
they're trapped in the matrix that they tell you that they're going to free you from. And then they tell you to make more money to free yourself from the matrix as if making money wasn't part of the matrix. Hmm. Once you take a step out of this circle, you know, obviously I'm speaking very openly now of, of the kind of influencers who are in the men's space. But once you take a step out and you like detach away from technology, you, I, I can't help but look at like every male influencer these days and think of how pathetic it is that like they're all at level one. They're all just chasing toys, find, like, you know, fancy cars and nice handshakes from each other, taking pictures in shirts and thinking, yep, this is the life, you know, I, you know, this is it, haha. <laughs> just more materialistic success as if that was going to change anything. Now we need to integrate more of our soul and spirituality into our lives. Otherwise we will live shallow, empty lives because the pursuit for more success makes you weak. Greed constantly moves the goalposts. The goal used to be to make a comfortable living. Then it went to 5k a month. Then it went to 10k a month. Then it's at 100k a month and it's still not enough. Now we don't need to get to 2 million subscribers and three and four and five. When does it stop? When do you look inwards and realize that everything that you've been chasing isn't going to change anything because all you can actually change with your life is in the internal. No one is less free than these businessmen who are on the hedonic treadmill, constantly needing more and more and more. They may speak about freedom. They may tell you that they are so free. They're not. They have to be in Dubai for six months a year and they don't even like being there. So how are they free when they're literally in like a desert prison, which they're not allowed to leave? They're not as free as you think they are. Their lives aren't as good as they make you believe. It's only because they're trying to sell you their lifestyle and, you know, they've got a nice course or program that you can buy to have the nice, you know, like, oh, I, I look at me, I, I, I've got money and status, I've got a shirt. And look, here's a picture of me and a girl, see? <laughs> These men are not free. Now, this isn't to say that you shouldn't make money. That's not what I'm saying at all. I think you should work super hard. I think you should contribute a lot to the market and to help people. And naturally, the market will pay you back for that. And you'll make a lot of money. But focusing on materialism, focusing on, on these like high-level desires, needing to make more money, more validation, more success, that's weakness. The less you desire, the stronger you become. This book explains the way that we could live our lives. This is a complete guide to masculinity. And inside of this book, you hear about the concept of purpose that often is spoke about a lot these days. A lot of influencers are talking about, you know, purpose, purpose, purpose. If they're not spiritual, they don't understand what purpose is. Your purpose is your soul's reason for being on this earth. It is the core desire that you have. So imagine inside of you, deep inside of you, there is a core desire, something that you want to fulfill to be able to live like the most magical best life possible. Only you don't actually know what that core desire is. If you think you do, you're probably delusional. You don't know what it is. We're not at that stage just yet. So we don't know what the core desire is, but you know, we need to know, we need to fulfill this core desire to feel like we're, we're living right in our lives. The reason why is because other desires get placed on top of you. You are born with this core desire and then your parents look at you and say, oh, I really hope you get good grades in school. 
really hope you get a high status job that makes me feel good because I worked a shitty job and so my son, you will work a high status job so I can live vicariously through you. Here is a desire to put over your core desire. Then your teachers, here's more desires. Then the news, then the TV shows, here's more desires, here's more desires. Put that over your, your one that you were meant to fulfill. By the time you're 10 years old, you've got hundreds of desires, these concentric circles. Yours is right in the middle, right there at the core. But there's hundreds that have been placed on top of you. Gotta act like this, gotta be friends with this guy. Need that shirt, need that like earphone thing that everyone else has got, high status. Parents want you to act like this, need the grades. Oh, the movie. More desires, more desires, more desires. And then you wake up. Then you're like, yeah, you know, like watching these guys on YouTube is really good, you know, watching the influencers, okay, men's issues, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I feel free now. And the people who you think are helping you right now, probably including me, all of these male influencers, they're putting more desires onto you. Well, you should be making this much money a month. And you know, this is a better business. The top seven ways to make money online, the top three ways to make 10,000 a month. They're just putting more desires, more desires, more desires. So you've got hundreds of desires over your core heart desire right now. This is why I don't even go to the gym anymore. Because I was in the gym one day, you know, feeling kind of like purposeful, I'm journaling and everything. And then I go up, I'm on the assault bike and a guy walks past and he's bigger than me. He's more muscular than me. He's got more veins than I do. And instantly my brain and my heart started to form a new desire. Maybe I should bulk and make more muscle. Or maybe I should get back into martial arts because in cases me and this guy had a fight, then I'd be able to whoop his ass. And I start actually daydreaming this and adding it to like my perception of my goals, the direction I should go to in life. It takes me like minutes to realize, wait, I just set like a plan for the rest of my life, you know, to take martial arts so seriously based on some guy just walking past me who had biceps this extra centimeter bigger than mine. And then I'm looking around at the entire gym thinking about how many random desires, goals get formed inside of me just because of what I'm seeing in this environment. And then I go on YouTube and it's the exact same thing there. Maybe I should move to Dubai. Maybe I should make more money. Maybe it's this business model. Maybe it's this one, it's this one, it's this one, it's this one. And before you know it, you've got so many desires over the thing that you were genuinely supposed to do in life. You have a core desire and it is your duty as a man. That is your purpose. That's, that's your duty as a man to try and fulfill that. And that should give you apparently like the greatest life that you could have as a man. That's what every spiritual teacher that I read seems to say. But these days, purpose, when you hear about it online, but that word purpose has been bastardized by these male role models, including myself, for so long to just kind of mean like, yeah, just work, just work hard and just, you know, work on the kind of business that I recommend you to do. Do you see why what we're talking about might save you decades of your life? Your life is only worthwhile if you're fulfilling this core purpose, this de core desire inside of you. But there's hundreds, maybe even thousands of extra desires put on top of that, which are happening because of like the external influences. You go onto Instagram and Mike Thurston's there and he's got the best physique in the entire fucking world. You're like, how the fuck can I compete with this guy, bro? 
Oh, maybe I should do his quads look really big. Maybe I should do some leg extensions. Maybe I should open my own modeling company because he's, he's next to some high level people right now. And before you know it, there's more desires, more desires, more desires. Those extra desires weren't the things that you were supposed to do with your life. And yet you will pursue them because of this like monkey see, monkey do, monkey needs status life that we live in these days. So imagine spending your life, your valuable time chasing and fulfilling desires that someone else put onto you, that came onto you in such stupid ways that there was a guy who was bigger than you in the gym and he walked past you, you felt insecure and you felt like, yep, I, you know, I'm gonna dedicate myself to a martial arts then just in case as if he said anything to me, here you are four years later, you know, you've had a pretty good life training this, this skill, fair enough. But that wasn't the thing that you were meant to do. That wasn't actually totally aligned to you. Now this isn't to say don't do martial arts because it might actually be the, the core real desire. But this is to say that we shouldn't be spending our life and our time fulfilling other people's desires. Rather, we should look inwards and figure out like what, what is authentic to us and achieve that. That's why I've included this section in this willpower guide, because we need to use willpower to push off not just the low level desires, not just the desire for video games and for porn, but the seemingly productive desires are harder to restrain from. The seemingly productive desire where like you see a tape podcast and he's talking about making money in this business model. That's forming a desire in your heart which wasn't there, which wasn't supposed to be there. That's the kind of desire that you need to strip away and say to yourself, that didn't form from my own heart or my own mind. That formed from social media. If it comes from social media, it's probably not a good thing. And again, I'm super guilty of this because not only have I, you know, this happens to me, I feel the desires, but I've put these desires onto you with over 800 videos where I've told you, okay, be like this, act like this, do this thing, do this business model, text your girl like this. I've put all these extra desires onto you thinking that I've been helping you all this time and rather I've maybe I've been wasting your life. That's why I've been making these full guides on deeper, more mature topics rather than those like surface level, top seven ways to message girls type of videos, which they get a lot of views, those videos. You see every YouTuber, every influencer play this game where they're just trying to get as many views as possible for their benefit, not for yours. And so every fucking YouTuber is making these top seven business models to get to $10,000 a month. It's fucking pathetic. Because those videos, they're making it for their own money. They don't give a fuck about you. Even when you're watching it with full intent, you're not learning anything real from these fucking videos, these listicles, these random little shallow videos. But worse than that, not even just wasting 20 minutes of your life, that's bad enough, but like worse than that is like that this influence is putting on desires onto you. You should live like this. You should be like this. You should do this. This is the business model. This is the way to act. When they don't know what your core desire is. Worst of all, you don't even know what your core desire is. Perhaps at this age, we should know like the trajectory ahead and actually think to ourselves, this is what I was genuinely born to do. But we can't do that because I think there's genuinely thousands of desires of like, you know, things that we need, of we crave, that the modern world has told us that it's, it's needed. And so we want a nice watch. We want the, oh, you know, Hamza's like, the jumper looks good. Hamza, where did you get that little necklace from, Hamza? Oh, you know, oh, is that the whoop? Did you use the whoop or the, the aura ring? 
And before you know it, here's another thing that you need to go and buy. Here's another thing, you know, that's increasing your monthly expenses. Now you need to go spend your time, like, you know, trading time for money, wasting parts of your life just to afford the expenses that you didn't actually need, but that you believe that you do. When really, like, you should be doing something so simple that would give you the greatest life quality that there is, which is pursuing your purpose. How do you find your core desire, like your purpose, the thing you should be doing? First of all, you need to limit inputs. You need to limit the things, all of this conditioning that's going inside of your brain and your heart. This means no TV. It means no useless garbage content. It means no more tape podcasts. It means no more top seven ways to make money online type of videos. Perhaps it means not watching my videos, and certainly I would agree with you for most of the videos I've ever made. I hope that the new videos that I'm making would actually be the exception because they're teaching you more like skills and mindsets which you'd actually use for the core desire. For example, the this video and the previous one, the Disciplineful Guide, they'll actually help you find your authentic self and to fulfill that authentic self. But I promise you, you know how strange this is? I'm a YouTuber. I don't watch any YouTube. I don't watch YouTube videos because it's garbage. In fact, you know what's so strange? For a lot of the people who watch my videos and who are coming here for self-improvements, their biggest lever of self-improvement would literally be to stop consuming content. Think about how crazy that is. My entire brand, my entire business is built on the thing that you're addicted to. I do believe that I've been able to have more of a positive impact on the world than a negative. Because I, as a YouTuber, don't even watch YouTube. I get all of my knowledge from books, from mentors, like teachers, and from some podcasts, long, unedited podcasts. Andrew Huberman, Alex Hamozi, Chris Williamson, Ali Abdal intelligent people just like sort of brainwashing me for an hour or two, brainwashing in like a good way for like an hour or two, putting their words and thoughts into mine. Amazing. But you go and watch these basic self-improvement videos, top seven ways to text girls. That's not helping you at all. It might seem like it is because you're texting this random degenerate girl slightly better. But that like, like destroy the, the desire to improve texting this random degenerate girl anyway and just skip that whole step of your life. You must understand this. Your pursuit as a man is not about fulfilling every desire that pops up. Okay, so Tate says money's really important. Maybe I should buy that watch. Maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. It's not about fulfilling every desire because that's slow and inefficient. The faster way is to destroy the desires, to desire less, to strip as, away as many as possible, that every time you find yourself wanting something, whether it's something small, the low level desire, the sugar or something high, like you wanna get the car or something, to keep stripping away as many desires as possible till you get to one where you're like, you know what? I actually don't think I should strip this one away. I actually think I should fulfill this one. Maybe your desire you know, through the last hour has been like, yeah, you know what? Willpower seems like a really important skill. That's something I'm desiring. Maybe you're thinking like, yeah, I'll scrutinize it, but I can imagine willpower, like this skill actually helping me for the rest of my life. I'll desire this and I'll look more into this. Hamza's mentioned which book it is. Okay, I'll go read that. But then when you see like the, the guy on Instagram who's got a, the better watch where he's got a slightly better six pack than you, 
and you think to yourself, yeah, you know, like I, I would get some kind of benefits. More girls would like me. My status would go up. That's kind of nice. But is that really what I was born to do? Is that really genuinely going to like, like be the best thing that I could spend my time doing to try and take a, a picture as good as one of these fitness influencers? Probably not. You limit inputs. You limit like these people talking into your brain, especially if they're quite unintelligent, like nobodies or that, you know, they're not there for your best intentions. If you found that you've followed someone's advice and listened to their content, but it hasn't really helped you, or in fact, it's made your life like very much worse and it's been a distraction and a waste of time, stop consuming it. If you found genuine, real improvements to your life, Continue. That's a wise teacher that you've got. Stay vigilant for when you catch yourself wanting something, desiring something, setting a goal. And scrutinize that goal and really ask yourself, why do you genuinely want it? You might find that the desire that you have is actually authentic and it makes a lot of sense. Like, for example, you might say, one of my goals is to make $1,000 a month in business. Why do I want it? Because right now I've got absolutely no money and I can't even afford like the bills that I have. One of my goals is to make $5,000 a month in business. Why do I want that? Because if I could give a thousand or 2000 a month to my family, that would genuinely save our lives. Awesome. But ask yourself where that desire came from. Because when you find yourself wanting a particular car, particular lifestyle, and if you're honest with yourself and you say, okay, where did this desire come from? from something I saw on social media. Probably not a good idea to go dedicate your life to fulfilling that desire because it's not gonna do anything other than just take time away from you living out your actual purpose that you were supposed to do. Using the skill of willpower, which we've discussed in this full guide, on these high level desires will save you decades of your life. Because imagine the life of a normal person, born as a baby, and straight away desires put onto the baby. Be like this. You're such a good boy when you do this. When you sit and behave, you're such a good boy. Here's a desire onto you. Parents are telling him how to act. He watches these little children's cartoon shows. Then eventually he's watching like TV shows. And you know, the teacher's putting a desires. Okay, good grades. Grades, doing well in school, becomes this, this high level desire for the next 12 years of his life. He wasn't born to think to himself, yep, need to get good grades. It was placed onto him by other people. Honestly, not very intelligent people. And so he spends 12, 15 years of his life in an education system that doesn't actually prepare him for life to pursue the desire of someone else who's put it onto him. You know, parents are telling him, yeah, here's an extra desire, have a high status job. He's trying to fulfill all that. He's just wasting his life. Now he's 30 years old. Now he's desiring the car that one of his co-workers has got. He's 35 years old and, you know, the female co-worker, he's desiring her. Maybe he'll cheat on his wife soon. Doesn't get laid for, you know, years and years and years. Eventually the desire gets fulfilled. He's 41. He ends up getting in a divorce. He desires a lot of alcohol. He desires seeing his children, but he's not allowed to see them anymore. He desires killing himself. And he does it. The things you desire will shape your life. Just be careful what it is that you're pursuing. This is the most important actionable step that I've ever given out and perhaps that I ever will.
Think about the high-level things that you desire. Scrutinize every single thing that you desire. And just ask yourself, where did it come from? Ask yourself if it's truly authentic to you. As a quick final tip for this section, if you're super interested in everything that we've just spoke about, I have a full guide to discovering your purpose, your core desire, that is, um, that's on my channel, you can go find it. But what I will say is I made that about six months ago, so my understanding has changed. I'll just tell you one tip here. I believe that your core desire in life will be linked to the things that put you into a flow state. By now, when you're watching this video, my flow state full guide will already be released. Flow state is kind of like this moment of intense focus when you're doing a specific task that for some reason puts you, not other people, but you into this like super focused mode where you have no thoughts. For me, it's speaking. Every single time that I've done kind of like a speaking like task like this, I have no thoughts in my mind and it's inherently like pleasurable to be here. I believe that your core desire in life is probably related to the thing that gets you into a flow state. And so that's something you can consider. My flow state full guide, you can go and watch that. You can discover what things put you into a flow state and how to be more likely to achieve this flow state and produce your best work and discover yourself. One last point about this section of high level desires. I am not saying that you shouldn't desire things like money or work or success or accomplishments, but rather those things, like let's say the money, the validation, the, the YouTube subscribers, these things should be a nice reward when you're actually desiring the right thing. When you desire the wrong thing, which is like, you know, Instagram validation, YouTube subscribers, even money, you're, you're off center, you know, you're not, you're not living out your life as you're supposed to. But for example, if you desire the right thing, which could be, could be contribute into humanity. For me, for example, think about, think about it. Like my right thing is like, I love to speak. This feels totally right for me. This is like a core desire to just speak out and explain things in my mind. And the result of that has been incredible levels of, of money, of wealth, of status, of validation. So that's awesome. Maybe that's the better way that we pursue our work and our goals. We set the goal for actually the task that we desire so, so much. And the rewards that come along with it is just extra bonuses. This way, you're pursuing the thing that you should pursue and you're super happy to get any level of reward as an extra rather than the immature people who are pursuing just the reward and they don't even like the task that they are doing and they don't even realize that the reward they're desiring was put onto them. It wasn't even an authentic desire anyway. Money isn't a bad thing. But if you're trading your life and your purpose, if you're sacrificing your purpose for it, of course it is. And I think this is where, unfortunately, most young men, including like the influencers, the leaders of, of young men, I think they're in this state where they're literally sacrificing purpose for money and validation and status. And I think hordes of young men are looking up at that, thinking that that's the right way to live. Start with purpose. Start with your why. Start with your core desire. And then enjoy any level of success that comes along with that. Because when you are chasing your purpose and you're working super hard on this core desire, you know, let's say the core desire could be for you, martial arts, Muay Thai or something, and you really get really, really good at it. Well, then you're gonna make some money in validation from it. Core desire for me was speaking and I, I just did that in a high leverage format of YouTube videos. And so it made a, like a fuck ton of money extra. But I wouldn't be happy with this subscribers and money 
If I wasn't fulfilling my core desire, if I was sacrificing my purpose, I'd be depressed. This, in my opinion, is the higher level of ambition. Every other person is there just thinking, yep, I just wanna, you know, just make the money and you know, oh yeah, be on your purpose, guys. You know, they're saying the word, but they don't understand it. Make money, you know, money's super important. Sure, sure. But we're more ambitious than these people that you see online, even though they seem ambitious. We're up here. Let's fulfill our purpose, our core desire, but let's also get the external material success with it. I'm not sacrificing my purpose for money like most people are doing these days. I want both. Start with purpose. Start with your real core desire. The way you find that is by limiting input. Stare at your wall. Turn everything off and stare at your wall. I'm, I'm actually speaking literally when I say that. Turn everything off and stare at your wall. Perhaps you won't do this practice for the next six months when I keep mentioning it. Perhaps you'll do it today, maybe after watching this video. If you spend some time staring at your wall with no distractions and you limit inputs, you will begin to discover who you are and you'll realize that your views and values are starting to differentiate away from the influences that you've been watching every single day. That's a good thing. Step seven, a quick 30% boost in willpower. I found this experiment so interesting, so I wanted to share it with you. Imagine participants are put into a brain scanner. Normal people are asked to think about their future self and their brain lights up as if they're thinking about a stranger. People on self-improvement, people who have got good willpower are put in the same brain scanner and they're asked to think about their future selves and the part of their brain that lit up shows that they're actually thinking about themselves. People who aren't on self-improvement can't even comprehend that their future self is them. When you start to delay gratification, everything we do in self-improvement is literally just delaying gratification for our future self. That's literally just self-improvement is literally just like making life better for your future self. You start to like integrate and realize that you're still gonna be alive and you're gonna be looking back and hoping that you're doing the right things. Like right here, right now, do you look back to your younger self and kind of feel like, yeah, you did kind of nice in that thing, but I kind of wish you did some more good things. Maybe you're thinking back to your younger self thinking, I wish you studied harder. I wish you trained in the gym more. I wish you started in the gym earlier. I wish you started a business and, and self-improvement and productivity when you were younger. You know, most people live their entire lives like that. Most people, in my opinion, are rightly so and they deserve to be depressed and unhappy because they're fucking assholes to their future selves. Most people are literally cruel to their future selves. They know that if they do something bad today, their future self tomorrow or a week or a month from now is going to dislike it and they'll keep doing it. They'll keep eating the junk food, playing the video games, watching porn, fapping, not studying, not working hard, knowing that they're literally hurting their future self. And then surprised when it's months later, they're taking antidepressants thinking like, yeah, but you know, you're like, yeah, but just, you know, like, oh, but you, you being mean, Hamza. Just be nice to your future self and you'll live a good life because you're gonna become your future self soon. And there was another study which was very interesting and I've set it up on my own phone, on my lock screen. Can you recognize who this is? This is future me. This is me when I'm old. I just use like some, um, some app and just put it as like 
old age. The idea is, if you keep in mind your future self, you will be 30% more likely to delay gratification. So this was the study. They brought in participants and told them about investing for their future, you know, investing money so that they could retire later. And they kind of asked like with a slider to, you know, okay, where on the slider, how much money do you want now? Or how much money do you want to invest for your future self? One group of participants are shown this slider and it just shows a picture of them as they are right now. The other group of participants are shown the same slider, but it shows a picture, like a Photoshop picture of them looking old. And they just ask, how much money do you want to save for retirement? Just simple as that. And what do you think would happen? When you see your future self or when you think about your future self, you're going to be more likely to delay gratification by 30%. 30% increase in willpower and your ability to delay gratification. So this is such an easy, actionable step, like a proactive thing that you can start doing. Keep your future self in mind. Now you might be wondering, okay, what's the app? I just searched old on App Store. I actually don't think you need a picture as your lock screen or anything. I like to be a little bit obsessive, but what you really just need to do is just think about your future self. Just let's do this together. Close your eyes and just see your future self living the kind of life that you think would be good for him. See him in fantastic shape. See him and like he looks so like aware and, and free in his body. What are the things that he's doing? What is he most proud and grateful of you doing today? What are the actions that you could do today, this week, this month, that would benefit him the most? Open your eyes. This is the better way to live. It's to keep your future self in mind and to constantly make their life better. Most people do the exact opposite. They, they overindulge in pleasure and little happiness feeling, warm feelings today. They eat the cookie, the junk food, they watch the porn, they, you know, um, they take the drugs, they go out, they stay up late and everything to try and maximize happiness and pleasure today. But then before they know it, they become their future selves looking back at them thinking like, why didn't you just like go to bed on time? Now I'm waking up sleep deprived. It's hard not to like yourself when you've been dedicating your actions for your future self and then you become your future self. You're far more likely to become a man of character, of good virtues and values and morals if you think about your future self rather than today's greed. So this is your actionable step, which you can actually do every day. Think about your future self in any way that you want. You can visualize him. You can even do like coaching or journaling with your future self and you don't have a name for him. Wise Grandpa Hamza. And it's like you write one sentence each. Alex Hamozi says he does this. You write one sentence as you. You're asking like your future self for advice and you can just reply back as if you are him. Just pretend you are and just like you'd probably be more wise giving yourself advice if you put yourself in that frame. You can go online and just search for like an old picture editor, like middle-aged women on Facebook love to do like you know, this type of stuff where they'll use like little photo editors and they'll be like whoa look here's you with red hair and stuff so that's why i'm not gonna like say yeah you absolutely need to do that i can i'm certain i know that this is a side point i know for a fact that like 25 percent of the viewers have literally just gotten distracted and now they're trying out like apps and apps and different apps and stuff the, the point is you don't need to go and get the perfect app or anything or the perfect picture just keeping in mind your future self is going to help you and especially for important decisions if you can just ask yourself what would wise grandpa me suggest that I do? What would he, what advice would he give to me? 
and just like, you know, try to give yourself advice from that frame, you'll find that you'll actually give yourself very good advice. When you're making decisions, even micro ones, like whether you should, you know, ah, maybe I'll skip the, the workout today. Just look at your future self. Just think about him and think, what would make his life better? Align your activities, your decisions, your relationships to that, because this is just a proactive way to think long-term. Step eight, willpower fatigue. Participants are brought into a study and there's cookies, like delicious cookies there, and also radishes, like these disgusting vegetables. And one group of participants are told, nope, ignore the cookies, eat the radishes. The other group of participants are told, oh yeah, just eat whatever you want, eat the cookies if you want. Then they're brought in to do a puzzle, which is like impossible to do. The researchers are timing how long they'll try to do the puzzle for before they give up. What they found, which has went viral, is that the people who came in and had the radishes and essentially, you know, they had to use their willpower not to eat the cookies actually gave up earlier. The conclusion of this, which everyone has spoke about, is that willpower is something that fatigues. It's something that is limited and it drains. And so we shouldn't use it. Think about how stupid everyone is. Can you see what's wrong with this study? The puzzle is stupid. The task that they did was stupid. This was one study that all these little little nerds online started to speak about saying, yep, willpower is limited. Make sure you don't use your willpower. You can go search up. And it's unfortunate because he's very smart as well, but you can go search up a YouTube video called Willpower is for Losers. And it's made by this YouTuber called What I've Learned. And he's actually a really intelligent guy, but I just thought the video was stupid as fuck because you take this one study which essentially put participants to do a stupid task, which they had no incentive for. And then we just conclude, yep, see willpowers, you know, limited and stuff. Actually, when you really think about it, the puzzle was impossible to do, right? So the participants who gave up earlier were actually smarter because it was a stupid waste of their time. And yet everyone online in the self-improvement space has been saying this for years, that willpower is not something you should rely on because it drains. Coming from a weightlifting background. I knew how stupid that mindset was and you probably do as well. When you go to the gym, you know this, right? People are saying, oh, but if you use willpower, it drains. When you've got experience of the gym, you know what happens. When you use your muscles, it fatigues. But then we go to sleep and it's bigger and stronger tomorrow. That's exactly how willpower works. The idea is that we need to use our willpower like a muscle and understand that the muscles, of course, they fatigue and get tired. But when you sleep and recover, it comes back stronger and stronger and stronger. You shouldn't be avoiding fatiguing your willpower muscle. You should be training it every single day so that you're able to resist bigger and bigger desires. And plus your mindset is very important. So Carol Dweck is a very famous researcher. She did the book called Mindset. And this study had the exact same findings as another study on stress, which is essentially like what whatever your mindset of something is, that is what will happen people who believed that willpower was a skill, like a muscle that they wanted to level up and it was good for them to use, actually got consistently better at using willpower. People who believed that willpower was something that they shouldn't use and that it was something that drained their energy got more and more tired when they used it. So it's why not just delude yourself into having the more empowering mindset and think to yourself, yep, 
willpower is a muscle just like muscles are in the gym and you know i'll go train it i'll do some sets today and then i'll come home i'll rest and i'll be bigger and better tomorrow in this mindset study those students who believed that willpower was a skill that they could level up and it was kind of like a muscle they performed better at the end of year exams than the students who, who didn't want to use their willpower because they were scared of draining it and so we have one final question to ask when do you reward yourself you've been super dedicated on your diet, you've been resisting the desire of the sugar, of the junk food, you've not been watching porn, you've not been playing video games. When do you enjoy yourself? When do you have the reward? When do you take time off? What do you think I'm going to say to this? Do I seem like a pussy who's going to tell you the same thing as everyone else? Like, oh, go have your cheat day, bro. Yeah, you deserved it. Because I just want you to have the same mindset as me. Cheat days, rewarding yourself is actually a punishment. The thing that you think is rewarding yourself, which you know that everyone else would think, you know, oh yeah, I'm just gonna reward myself. It's a punishment. When you really think about it, eating sugar is a punishment. It's not a treat, it's not a reward, it's a punishment. Playing video games for an hour and, and worsening your mental health is a punishment. We need to destroy this idea that the bad habit equals reward. And we need to just stop coping and just say to ourselves, the bad habit is a punishment. It's something we do when we don't like ourselves. Why do we need to take time off doing things that are good for us? We don't know. Certainly, for example, you know, we're doing so many sets in the gym, so we're going to take a rest day. Sure, but that's like, that's not a bad thing to do. But to eat something that is literally poisonous for us, how far are you willing to go? Should we reward ourselves with some porn then? Alcohol? Sugar? Poison? How far are you willing to go? Because everyone who's watching this will understand, well, you know, we're not going to reward ourselves with porn. Then why the fuck would you reward yourself with sugar or with video games or with little snackies? If you wouldn't reward yourself with some porn, imagine saying that, bro, imagine saying that. Go comment that below my video. Imagine you've never seen someone comment that because of how, how absurd it would be. I've been working so hard. I've been doing so well on NoFap. So yeah, I've scheduled in a nice FAP, FAPathon on... Yeah, yeah, I have a FAPathon on Sundays, you know. It's, yeah, you know, the rest days, haha. It would seem absurd, right? Having a cheat day from NoFap. Unless, obviously, we understand that you might still mess up. You know, that you're not perfect at being on the good habits. Of course, you might mess up. But to delude yourself into thinking it's good for you. Remember how fucked our lives have been because of porn and masturbation and like like those, like I don't know, researchers, teachers, whatever it was, tried to convince us that porn and masturbation were actually good for you because it'll lower your risk of prostate cancer or some bullshit. It's the same thing. And the worst part is, I don't even expect you to believe me when I say this because of how many like fitness influencers these days will disagree with this and say like, oh, but you know, cheat days are healthy, haha. Like, you know, you gotta have some sugar. You know, that's the most disappointed I've ever been in my, in my own mother. One day when I was telling her about improving her diet, and I did say to her, like, you have, like, a sugary treat every single day at 2 p.m. It's kind of like her routine. And I said, like, oh, you know, it's probably not good. Sugar's not good for you. And she looked at me as if I was stupid, and she went, in Urdu, but translated to English, she went, oh, but you've got to eat some sugar. No, you just have to. You've just got to, you've got to eat some sugar. You've got to poison yourself, guys. Oh, just, yeah, 10 minutes of fapping. You've got to watch a little bit of, of dungeon porn. Why do we have a belief in our minds that those things are rewards?
Because when you think about it, a reward is something that should be good for you, right? So the reward is the workout. The reward is the clean diet. The reward is the good habits that you're doing. It is the meditation, the journaling, the cold showers. That is the reward. That's Those are gifts that you're giving to yourself, to your future self. Reframe this mindset that these good habits are the good things. We still have beliefs inside of our mind from normal people, from normal life before we got onto self-improvements that are deluding us to think that these habits are like the hard, bad things that we're doing and that, you know, oh, but you know, you've got to reward yourself. You've got to have some time off. Certainly you can have some time off. You know, you don't want to just be like working 10 hours straight. Certainly you're going to go look at some sun and go out for a walk. And you're not going to exercise for four hours every single day. Of course, you're going to have rest breaks, but to specifically do something that you know is bad for you. Why do we need to add that into our schedule at all? Why don't we? This is the mindset I have, which I just want to leave you with. Why don't you just start to see those bad habits as self-harm? The porn, the video games, the junk food, that's how I see them. I think that almost everyone self-harms to a certain level. When there's the extreme level, people are literally like suicidal and they're doing crazy things. And, you know, to a, to a moderate level, they're literally like hurting themselves physically, mentally. But to the mild level where billions of people are at, they're playing video games. They're eating sugar, watching porn. How is that not self-harm when we know it's bad for us? It's just like a mild form and it's not as like brutal and gory as like, you know, like other forms of it. It's all self-harm. So let's rephrase the question because this is a question I'm asked. Hamza, but when do, when do we get to self-harm, Hamza? Once a week, you know, can I, can I self-harm once a week, Hamza? See how stupid it sounds now? You don't need to. You should view those, those bad habits when they do happen. You should view that as like, fuck, my mental health was so bad that, and I, I disliked myself so much today that I just self-harmed with video games, with porn, with good, because that's not good for you, right? Like that's like literally harm for your future self. But you shouldn't be thinking like, oh yeah, let's, you know, okay, um, Saturday the 26th, let's schedule some self-harm in there. Okay, two hours, there we go. Or maybe I'll do some self-harm with my friends, actually. Yeah, you know, uh, 9 p.m. till 3 a.m. We'll go out. We'll all self-harm together in, in the club. There's going to be a really nice party. We'll go self-harm there. How stupid does that sound? If something's going to harm yourself, if it's going to hurt you, if it's going to sacrifice your future self's happiness and health, don't schedule it in. Don't like just we need to stop believing that those things need to stay in our lives. That we've got to do a little bit. Don't be like my mother, bro. She's a she's a beautiful, awesome, amazing woman. But like don't have that mindset from her. But you've you've got to self-harm a little bit. You've got to eat some sugar. You've got to watch some porn. You've got to take some crack. <laughs> right? <laughs> So last and final actionable step, destroy the idea that the bad habits are the reward and just start to like, you know, just to, like update your belief system and just think to yourself, yeah, I'm not a, like an average person. The good habits are the reward. I have gave a five part series. It's five hours long. I gave it live in Adonis School and they've got access to all the recordings there. Plus along with all the other like teachings that I've done. 
Adonis School is the top link in the description. It's where I go every single day to teach these concepts, which I'm personally learning far before I make them for this like full guide. It's where you go into my live calls and you get to ask me like personal questions, ask for advice. Then we've got multiple teachers. We've got a masculinity teacher who specializes in testosterone. We've got a sleep coach. We've got a purpose coach so you can figure out your core desire in life. We even have a Buddhist monk who teaches meditation and dopamine detoxing and also how to like, you know, restrain. Buddhism's a lot about restraining your desires. It's such an incredible place to be. And I have like full confidence, like telling you that I really think that if you can afford it, it is somewhere that I would highly recommend. Scroll down to the description of this video right now and go click that top link to go check out Adonis School. Just do me one tiny favor for making this full guide. Just spread positive word of mouth about it. When you speak to someone who, who needs this topic, this education, just literally say it to them. Oh, you should watch Hamza's Willpower Full Guide. When you're in the comments of like some random YouTube video and someone's commented this or you're on a Discord server, just mention it when you think it's relevant. You should go watch Hamza's Willpower Full Guide, Hamza's Discipline full, full Guide. I would love if there was like these mentions all around the internet for these kinds of videos, because I really do think like this kind of video, this guide will start to take over the internet compared to the mundane, basic top seven ways to make money online. Just, you know, the shitty videos that don't help anyone. And if you want to see that transformation on YouTube, if you want to see creators make more like step-by-step full guides, which are pretty much like paid courses, but for free, then share it round so the YouTuber gets like more positive feedback and that more people get to learn from it. That's such an awesome way that you can just sort of help me personally. You can go and watch this video too. Do the hard work, especially when you don't feel like it. Mwah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.